Just a few film nerds breaking out of the rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're measuring Hello, everyone. Welcome to Measuring Flicks. I'm Carl Hartley. And I'm Max Peterson. So pour <laughs> yourself a shallow cup of coffee. Maxwell! Maxwell! Come out, Come out Maxwell! Carl! Carl! <laughs> We're talking about 1964's The Last Man on Earth. Directed, there's two directors. I think this is kind yeah, of Yeah, isn't that weird? There's one credited in the film. And but that's if you look at the... Sidney Salco. Mm-hmm. But if you go to IMDb, there's a second director credited who doesn't, I think, even have a, any credits... In the film So maybe it's an unspoken director thing I honestly didn't care enough to look it up Fair enough But there's a second director listed on IMDb Who is uh, Ubaldo Ragona I don't know what it's about That's weird (laughs) Listeners let us know at measuringflixpodcast at gmail.com Do our research for us Please Because it's Carl's birthday weekend And he's in no shape to do this kind of thing (laughs) No I woke up nauseous at 5 in the morning And I'm kind of tired So we didn't look this up uh, So starring Vincent Price Franca Batoya Emma Danielli Christy Cortland and Giacomo Rossi Stewart. I was wondering if some of these people. I'm, is this was this shot in Italy? Because feel, it looks it like there's a lot of overdubs. Gonna, oh, there is a lot of overdubs. Like his best friend. Mm-hmm. His best friend's voice is clearly not that not actor's his, no, voice. No, not in the slightest. <laughs> well, Morgan, are you going to the lab later today? We are going to do research on it's, vampire genes. It's pretty weird. <laughs> and I don't mean pants. But he, well, he and the wife. Right. His the best friend and the wife. Their voiceovers are kind of jet. Like the wife is like, <laughs> Oh, Morgan, I don't know if. I just, I can't see. But however, all of the voiceover work is mm-hmm. really good. It's it pretty just, good. It doesn't it's, match up that no, well with all. how the people look. All right. So when was the first time you saw Last Man on Earth? God, I think I was a kid. My sister and I watched this movie like a ton. This is based on a Richard Matheson mm-hmm. short story called I Am Legend. Mm-hmm. I think it's a novella called I Am Legend. Um, it's gotten remade several times. Oh, this it's been remade a bunch. Charlton Heston and Omega Man, and then you have Will Smith, Will Smith and, Smith I, am and I Am Legend. I think this is the first film version of it. I think that's um, accurate. This was a movie, uh, the first time I saw this was in the movie pack that I, that I have House on Haunted Hill. Right. And what the Where last we got movie. August from. Right, the whole of August comes all from basically this movie pack. What was this? Oh, yeah, House on Haunted Hill. What was the yeah. second one we did? Uh, oh, remember? the Carnival of Souls. Yeah, but you did the that, Criterion Collection. Of I it. did, but it's also in that movie pack. Yeah, we got the whole and the last house on the, the last man on Earth. They're all yeah, yes, all, they're from, all, that. Yeah. all from the one movie pack. So this is like a movie from my childhood, but this movie has like second life for me when I hit college. Yeah, I can see that. Well, it's not what you think. It's oh. a, it's a story very specific to Bird and I. Um, I hope she doesn't mind me telling this story. So when I was a kid, I watched. I just hit that ed- edit button, buddy. Well, yeah. Well, I'll ask her when we're done. But um, so I did all of the. I watched this movie like incessantly as a kid. There's something about it, and I saw this movie before I saw Night of the Living Dead, which is really interesting. Yeah, I definitely saw this before I watched Night of the Living Dead, and I saw Carnival I of Souls late. before I saw Night of the Living Dead. So when I got to Night of the Living Dead, like this movie has the slow walker, has mm-hmm. the people trapped in a house and defending a house, you know, like. So I, I think that this movie's, you know, we did, did we figure out that Night of the Living Dead was 1962, right? Yeah, it was after. No, it's, uh, it's bef- s- yeah, 
Yeah. No, it was before. I don't know. Whatever. Psycho was 1960. Right. It was what we figured out. Not important. We did some dates earlier, and I don't remember which movies we were talking about. We'll get through this episode somehow. We got it, buddy. Hey, we got to just breathe through the mouth. <laughs> that's where I'm at, man. I'm giving um, you. I'm sorry if I smell like vodka, Max. That's fine. When, it's Olive not Brian. the first time, dude. I know. <laughs> we've sorry. we've been down that well together. I'm sorry, I come over here stinking all the time. <laughs> so <laughs> when I got to college. This was a movie. I showed Bird all my favorites. And then there's I got to this one. And I'm like, you had to watch The Last Man on Earth with me, Vincent Price. You loved House on Haunted Hill. Mm-hmm. You love Vincent Price. Something about this movie, man. There's something in the celluloid. Every time I put this movie on and tried to me and Bird tried to sit down to watch it, probably like three or four times, like late in college. Just ended up having sex ten minutes in. <laughs> Didn't watch the movie, always left it playing, but like Oh, I don't know what it is. It's you know what it is. Vincent it's Price's it's, voice. Price's voice. <laughs> it is. Doesn't happen with House on Haunted Hill it though. Doesn't. This is the thing because, oh my god. Maybe it's the apocalyptic nature the apocaly- of it. It's just it's like, like the, we the never end is know here. what we day. never know exactly. <laughs> so, like it didn't matter. I'd be like, okay, look. I know that we've tried to watch this four times and it's never worked, but you should really see this movie. Right. So I, I'd throw it on. We'd be sitting there sipping on our Coca-Cola, our Coke, van- right. vanilla Cokes, vanilla eating Coke. our pizza rolls. You know, I'm like, this is such a good. M-. And then t- 10 minutes in before we even get to zombies like alive, it'd just be like you'd hear it in the other room. <laughs> We're on the we're on the, we're on the top bunk and there's a sock. You gotta in my fuck me before he says Morgan the first time because <laughs> that just wrecks the mood. It. I don't know what it is, man, but I've always had very fond feelings for this movie, both yeah. nostalgia from my childhood and, and also the sheer number of times. I'm that so I happy got for you in this movie, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so did you last man it last night or what? what no. <laughs> a couple nights ago, I put it on. And uh, Bird comes downstairs and sees it, and I was like, I was like, hey, yeah, you want to finally watch this movie with me? And she's like, no, I got art to do. And she goes, <laughs> goes to the desk, puts the headphones in, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is marriage. Yep. <laughs> um, That's fantastic. Right, so let's jump right to the beginning. Cool. You're going no notes. Yeah, because I've watched this movie so many times, I wanted to watch, I just wanted to watch it, watch it. Yeah. I, I kind of felt that way about the movie that we're going to talk about next time. I was mm-hmm. I was watching it when you came here, and as I was taking notes, I was like, I haven't seen this one in a while, and I kind of don't want to even yeah. take notes on it. I just want to watch Lon Chaney Jr. Fair enough. So, so I will come off right off the top of this show. Yeah. Is I love this movie. I love the first half of this movie, and then I don't really care for it for the rest of it. Well, at what I point do you check out? I, I when he meets ch- another person? When he meets, yeah, when he meets her, and then we discover, well, we don't discover really until the end-ish that there's a whole other, like, species of human right. that have sort of evolved. Like, the vampires have, there's, like, the, the no-brains and then the brains. There's, right? like, a halfway there's, people. Yeah, they figured exactly. out a way, uh, they figured out a way to suppress the virus mm-hmm. using, basically, like, insulin shots. Exactly. Every- so they can suppress the, the make-you-dumb Morgan. Right, right, right. And to, then he also forces you to wear a black shirt. But you whatever. have to have a turtle. You have neck to on. have a turtleneck. If you on. don't have a turtleneck, the vaccine doesn't work. It doesn't work. Let me but the, let me give a people reason. a setup real quick yeah, on the okay. whole plot, just so sure, they sure, can sure. get a. So basically, there's a a plague happens in Europe. The virus is carried on the wind. It arrives in the United States. Uh, the virus makes you go blind. You lose motor control, and then you die. But if your body's not burned. You come back from the dead as sort of like a zombie vampire zam- hybrid. Yeah, it's like a hybrid. They're like zombies that want blood. When I was a kid and watched this, I was so fucking confused on, are they vampires? 
are they zombies? That's why I always they liked zombie them. vampires. Yeah, but it always like it rolled around in my brain like a piece of sand that mm-hmm. I couldn't quite like deal with. Right, because it they, they don't fit in either box. They don't. They act like zombies, but they want your blood. Like, yeah, that's and they actually say they state vampires several well, times, and they be they behave like vampires in yeah. that they, they are repulsed drink your- by garlic. They don't like mirrors. mirrors. They're killed by a stake through the heart. Exactly. But they have that shambling ooh, that zombies yes. have. I always dug that. Um, and I'll talk about why when we get a little bit later in because I have a mm-hmm. I have a cool note on it. But so that's the basic premise of yeah. the thing. Robert Morgan is Vincent Price. Yes. He's a scientist working on this disease, trying to find a vaccine or or a cure for it. Doesn't he ultimately is one that sort of created it in the first place? Or he just happened to work in the laboratory where they were No, it starts in Europe. Oh, so okay. It's they incidental. were uh, he happens incidental. To he be happens immune to be immune. Okay. Because of right. <laughs> I like it because the immunity is he was bitten by a vampire For, bat. That's right. Fuck. Yeah. And he thinks that the bat had the illness, but because the illness was processed through the bat's system, it was weakened enough that so his body could he use got, it as he got a vaccine. vaccinated, right. So he's the only person on the planet who was ever bitten by a vampire bat ever <laughs> in America. In America. Anyways, Right, and he's also a scientist, and wouldn't have the the knowledge that that would be what's happening to him. So, did you see the movie World War Z? Oh yeah, I didn't. Did you like it? I did. One of the I big, did. One of the big. That's not a question mark. That's, I did. Period. Yes, I one, liked World War Z. One of the things that I was thinking about with this movie. I haven't seen World War Z, but I know that they're similar. Global pandemic. Yes. Everyone's sick. Part of the fear, like it's movies like Contagion, where there's a, like something about diseases is really scary. (laughs) But I think what makes this movie effective and what makes Contagion effective is the small scope. Something I've heard, the one criticism I've heard of World War Z is it gets a little scattered because they go, they go all over. They go everywhere. It's global. Right. Yeah. This is global too, but they don't show you global. And I think it allows you to connect with it more. In that way, the 28 days later is global, but you only see that small postage. Right. They give you a character to follow around. And I think it, what it ties into is the, the, uh, four found dead, eaten by necrosis, blah, blah, blah. And Mm -hmm. you're like four people. And you can imagine four dead people. When they're like 100,000 dead in Sudan, you're like, I, I, I can don't think about it. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't know what it means. Right. So I think that part of the th- part of what makes this effective is it gives us a small lens to look through so we can appreciate the individual horror. And the detail of it, which is yeah. why I love the first half of this. Actually, the first 20 minutes of this movie are some of my favorite. My favorite parts of any movie are right. the beginning of this movie. Him going through. The process of his day and how we learn about we learn about everything that we need to know just by watching him move around his apartment and his environment for a day. Good use of voiceover too. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it doesn't work. It Oftentimes works here. It doesn't work. It works. He's, well he's here. kind of just like he's writing in a journal, is what it sounds. Like. So that's twenty four hundred and fifty days, whatever the the lines are. He's talking about three like three years. Three years. Is that all it's been. He's since bored. I inherited the world. He's like fucking bored, and it's like he's writing in a journal. And we the, get to watch him. There's, I have a the line from when he wakes oh, up. Oh, please do, yeah. His, so 
it's the the film actually starts with just shots of an abandoned city. Mm-hmm. Like it looks and there's dead deserted. bodies on the stairs. Well, there's not at first. I have a note on that. Ooh. I like the slow burn because what I wrote down this whole film would be solved if Robert Morgan just moved out of Chernobyl. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Why is he staying where all the dead people? Why is he are? living in Chernobyl? Like, How about you go get a cabin in the, the woods, buddy? Countryside. Yeah, they'll still be around, but way fewer of them. You probably only have to go out every couple weeks or something right yeah yeah put so a fence up bird was saying like why doesn't he have an indoor garden where he grows garlic so he doesn't have to drive all the way across town garlic to isn't hard no garlic's easy wait and that garlic has been in that supermarket for three years but it's in a cooler i don't know man look this okay this movie i i watched it for the show sure so i had my notebook yep and i was taking notes and i can say definitively there are many things in this movie that don't make logical well sense. gas wouldn't work anymore uh i mean gas has a half-life of like two years or something before and it, it um, loses its it can get if you store it properly but i don't know this is 62 64 so right. maybe it's leaded gas still maybe that behaves differently fair enough who knows also he's getting it out of a gas truck yeah like in cans like yeah so look, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense, but but this is the kind of movie where it doesn't matter. No, not in the slightest, no, man. No, you go with it because who, you're just hanging out with cares? Morgan for an hour and twenty minutes. Like fuck it, who gives when a I watch, shit? When I watch flicks like this, I always think of MST3K. Yes, it's yes, just it's it's just a movie you really should you should just really relax or whatever the hell the line yeah. is at the beginning, which is like, look, everyone, the movie, yes, it doesn't make sense. Calm down. Yeah, <laughs> settle. <laughs> Your fucking self. <laughs> so where, it's charming as shit. Where this movie shines is Vincent Price's performance. The writing is amazing, and the the portrayal. This is really interesting because it's for being the last man on earth. There are a lot of people in this cast. Yes, I think the Will Smith one is a little more compelling because there is no one but him. No, it's literally just the zombie. Was well, it the woman at the end or whatever? But right, right. But like. He's on screen alone for a big, huge chunk and of the movie. And to great effect, man. Will Smith, dude. Right. And they cut, they do the same thing they do in this movie where mm-hmm. they cut in flashback to like, to the, the pandemic. Pre- yes. But the flashbacks are very short. In this movie. It's half the movie. Sometimes the flashbacks get And they're a little, little long. long. Yeah. And I'm, this is where I, I snooze. I snoozed out, man. As soon as we're back in like. Some of the flashbacks are, are a little slow, yeah. but. For me, I don't know, man. It's something about, you know me, man. I'll watch people in like 1960s suits talk to each other all, all day, day long. No, I get I it. I don't even care. They're rolling cigarettes or smoking a pipe. Like, <laughs> totally. Oh, They're looking through like old ass, like magnify, what are the, uh, tele, it's not tele, microscopes. Microscopes, Looking yes. through old ass microscopes. They're only like 5X They're lenses. All, yeah. <laughs> They're like, you can magnify up to 11 times with this one. Holy you can shit. almost see what we're supposed to be seeing. <laughs> They're working on one in Cambridge. You plug it in. It's electric? It's an electric How microscope. How zoomed in can you go? 12, 12 times. times. <laughs> They're like, oh my God, a game changer. <laughs> yeah. Your needle point's going to change forever. So when we start- The details you can get away with is amazing. <laughs> you could really, right. really work in the mustache on your you needle point, Vincent Price. <laughs> so I really like- that the movie starts with like, look, the city's abandoned. And you get probably 10, 11 shots, and then the bodies start then showing Then they pepper up. the bodies in, yeah. But it's like one body. And it starts with one body. It's just a body laying in like a the middle of like a market square. And then there's a couple more. And mm-hmm. then there's what, like the door is open on a car, and there's two people laying in the street. And then there's bodies everywhere. Yeah. Once you start realizing how like, many oh, how many dead bodies are just lying around... 
it becomes kind of eerie. I really liked it. It, it be, the beginning is genuinely eerie, and then we go in through his window, sleeping, which is cool because later we'll see the window things blowing in through the window is very important to this story. Mm-hmm. So we're we're foreshadowing something blowing in, in through the window, yes. right? Oh man, like. It's yes, it occasionally gets goofy, but there's stuff on there's the stuff here. And so it floats in, and Vincent Price's alarm goes off, and he wakes up and he turns it off. And he, as he sits up, we get my favorite line in probably the whole movie another day to live through. Better get started. That's it, another yep. day to live, live through. through. You know, everything you need to know about Better Robert get Morgan. Started. Better get started living yeah. through this day. Yeah, let me just wake up and survive through this day. And then he starts his he fucking to-do up, list, which I love. And he picks up, right, he picks up a plate with a handle on it. It's like, like it can hold negative liquid, his right. coffee cup. Yes. That said, I want that coffee cup. That thin little dish of a coffee cup. I, okay, so the... What does it hold, like a half ounce of liquid? Well, that's all he pours in it at any given that's time. True. He's always walking around with his percolator in the cup. He carries the pot pouring around, yeah. and then he takes the smallest sips, and then he'll pour another one, and then he'll take a small sip and pour another one. I'm like, you could pour a cup of coffee if you wanted. Next time you're out of the market, grab a bigger cup. Dude, I love I love that cup though. Yeah, I know. It's a thing. It's I anytime in a movie and you're you're probably laughing. It's like a little porcelain china y weird. So you know when you think of like someone's china teacups? Yes. It's like he's drinking coffee out of that. Anytime I see a movie, especially a movie set in the South, where people are sitting around oh, yeah. in like they're a little too hot and in their they suits, actually have the the saucer underneath. They serve anytime you serve coffee in a in like a shallow china cup with a cu- with a, a saucer underneath it, and they're drinking coffee out of that because it's so foreign to how I drink yes. coffee in the morning out of my fucking huge tureen. Right. <laughs> I love it, man. I'm yeah. just like I want to, and I could. I have like teacup, china, yeah. like china teacups. Something about something about that. Something though, about it? it is just so. It's so appealing it's like, to me. It's proper and it's appealing. I, I will it, watch the clinky, the clinky, clinky. The clinky as you put I it back down. I love the clinky, and it feels proper. I'll, I'll watch Vincent Price drink coffee out of that mug. I was just thinking, like, I was watch a movie of him drinking tea, delicately, with his pouty lips, and it's. I think part of it's cough, the coffee thing too, because it's such a. For me, I know this is people are at home like I don't give a fuck about this, <laughs> but like. The uh, there's something about like those cups that I've that I've gotten I love. It's mm-hmm. like tea goes in there, and then they put coffee in, and I'm like, well, mm. is that the thing you can do? You can really put coffee in there. I bet that would go very nice with a smoking jacket and a, and a beer. You know what you can also put in those? What vodka? Yeah, yes. <laughs> I know about your predilection. Um, I don't know, man. I I dig it. And then you're right. He dives into his morning routine. Yeah, it's my favorite fucking part, man. Well, I love it. I love it so much. I love it in in any movie like this where it's a survival thing and they have a routine. And an A to Z list and they mark it off and you see the passage of time. You know that you know that they didn't start knowing all of this and knowing mm-hmm. this is what they had to do and you can kind of glean the their their discovery over three like years. how they figured out this is the step one that i have to do i've got to refresh my garlic now i have to check my mirrors now i have to go shopping now i have to do this right like I, and if i miss any of these steps i i lose the ability to like survive by 20 percent. Like, yeah. i like that he comes he he so yeah he goes out to his generator yep i watching vincent price handle that generator where he just like pops the lid open, checks Sipping the belt. some coffee. Yep, takes a, a sa- the shallowest sip of coffee, refills the mug because he drank 
three times more coffee <laughs> right. than he poured in there. And then he he fills it with gas. He puts his pinky in to feel the gas. Yeah. He's be, he, it's like when you've worked with a machine so long that you just say, fuck the dipstick. Let me. Yeah, put my, you know. Yeah. yeah. So then he fills it back up the way he, the ca- kind of casual way he slams the lid back yep. down, comes inside, goes over to his ham radio. This is KAKW calling. Yep. And then he, weep, I don't know what channel he's tuned to, but that high whistling shriek is pretty horrible. I'm yes. like, you know, you, you should probably change it so that you can receive a signal. You're on the out. You gotta get. You gotta get on the in or the you're out. T- dude, you're tuned into a number station. <laughs> <laughs> like that. That's not even a real person. You, There's a you, woman in the South Pacific who reads numbers to me day in and oh day God. out. <laughs> Have you ever listened to recordings of number stations? I love them, dude. Do you know no, what they are? No. <gasps> really? What's a numbers station? All right. Learn me and our listeners. You're gonna actually. I think the listeners will like this too because it's very tied into like the world of conspiracy theories. It's kind of weird. So there are. Throughout, peppered throughout the world There are radio channels Like ham radio channels that you can tune into That are just Recordings of numbers being read No one Really knows What they're for or why they're there There's a lot of theories No one really acknowledges That they exist either What most people think is that they are Code stations For international intelligence operatives at just numbers all day long but at a certain time when the person tunes the the personal tune in the intelligence officer will tune in at a certain time go every number from then to another time is a code and that's how they get their instructions but because there's numbers all day long it's very difficult to find out when that'll be that's one theory but they're kind of mysterious. They're, there's this isn't actually like if we had a ham radio right now, we could tune into. We could some tune like in. You can get you can get 47, CDs. You can three, get you can get like 85. huge box set CDs on Amazon of recordings of number stations. There are people who just listen to them, tune in and listen to them all day long. I've listened to them before. They're very weird, very weird. It makes you feel small. It, yeah. Dude, for something about listening to number stations, makes me it it fits with the Lovecraftian. What is thing. even real? They're, they're, the they're fact super that they're, odd. <laughs> the fact that there's some things like that that exist blow my mind, and I find more terrifying than anything. Right? It's just. Did you know that there's a radio station? There it's just go. numbers all day. Yeah, it's just number, and it's usually a woman's voice. So if you tune into them, here's what they sound like: three, thirteen, seven, six, seventeen, seventeen, one, four, three, seven, nine, wow. eleven, no. all day long. <sighs> kind of crackly. Yeah, it's just a just. It's usually a woman's voice just reading numbers. Go, go, go. All right, that's it, folks. Have a great night. <laughs> get on, get, dude. If you want to get your brain all squirrely yeah. sometime, get on Reddit and read about number stations, or just go read the Wikipedia page. That's what scared the shit out of me. They're like, we don't know really. That's some lost shit right there, man. It's, like they're pretty weird, yeah. right? So yeah, so that's that's immediate. What I think of every time he's tuning in, he's just like, <laughs> please respond. Seven, oh my God. one, not <laughs> because those stations would still be going. Right. Well, maybe, maybe, or not. maybe not. Sometimes it's a recording. Sometimes um, it's live. There person? are some audio. There, yeah, there's some audio people who will go and listen, and they're like, "I think this is a live broadcast rather than a recording." But that's all part of the conspiracy. Get on, get on Reddit. All I right, know, doing I it. know Reddit's a hole, but like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking forward up. to this wiki hole, man. <laughs> so I like, I also like that he has a lathe and part of his morning routine. He just, you know, stretches out, takes a cup of coffee, and starts Making, whittling down steaks. Yep. I also like the note that he has because he's a scientist. There's a little line where he says, they're perfect. 
just wide and or thin enough that they can penetrate the body, but just wide enough that the vampire's biological processes can't repair the damage or close the wound. Close the wound, yes. So he figured out I, I, if I stake them too, and it's too narrow, the body can push the stake back out and heal up. So he makes these kind of fat, these stakes that start razor thin, but kind of fatten so out. So they spread the wound spread open. Spread the wound open. And he did this through trial and error. And I love the, the, the beat that he gives us too. There's this bit, there's a sigh just before he, he puts the, the scraper or whatever the fuck. The, the yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the chisel that the he's chisel using. Mm-hmm. There's this like a huff, like a, God damn it. Because how Here many I go of again. these how made? Thousands of them. Right. Because we see in just a moment that he goes on excursions he's broken every day. The, he has a map of the city. He's, he's made it into a grid pattern. Right. And every day he cross he checks off an X into a couple of the boxes into on like the grid. Into like 1A, 1B, 1C. And he transfers those locations into a notebook. Yeah. And what he does as part of his daily routine is he takes his hammer and a bag of steaks and he goes out and he goes to these locations and he checks every room, every building, every like submerged pipe under every bridge to find out where the vampires are sleeping during the day and he kills them. And I have He not only kills them, then he transports them. I have a note about this. To the pit. As far as he knows, everyone in the world is dead. Yes. He doesn't know. We will find out later that there are some of these vampires who are intelligent. They're not brainless. They're not monsters. They're sick people who have found a way to manage their illness. He doesn't know they exist, but he's been. We find out later that he's been killing some of those people. Right. They're like mixed in with the other population. Yep. He kills the like dumb vampires, but he's also killing basically humans. The the new breed of human. Right. So. The survivors. What I wrote down is if if these vampires can't reproduce, which it turns out that they can. The well, the intelligent ones can. Yes. Because um, we see children at the very end, they're just born sick with this virus. But and we'll talk about the the uh, the twist at the end mm-hmm. end when we get to it. But mm-hmm. so right there with his blood, that's great. <laughs> Jesus, dude. Sorry, that's totally not what he does. Yeah, a little bit. You think? Okay. Gives her a transfusion while she's sleeping. Let, and by the way, I so I cured you. Put all of his blood in her. Yeah. Let me go ahead. It's a little and rapey. Say, let me go ahead and say if I'm ever sick and someone's got blood that'll cure me, feel free. But she doesn't want to be cured. You though. don't need my. Well, yes, she does. Is it okay? She. T- you don't think she does? I don't know. We'll talk about it when mm-hmm. we get to it. I think it's interesting that Robert Morgan, as far as he's aware, his current plan yeah. is to kill everyone in the world. Everyone in the city, at minimum. And at least the ones that are they're banging on his door every night. Well, no, he's going through. He says he says repeatedly, "I'll get them all. Oh, One day I'll right. get them all." He's going through the entire city. We, he's already covered about a, a quarter of he it or a just third move, of it. Really, I mean, that's his his day to day is killing every person that lived in New York or wherever he's mm-hmm. living. He's killing everyone. And it's a major metropolitan area. He's yeah. in a city. This yeah. is not like Traverse City. No. <laughs> this is like New York City level. This isn't city. like Grand Rapids. This is like Detroit or Chicago. No. So he he dry, he goes outside and we find out that the, the vampires survive by feeding on the weaker vampires. Right. They're cannibalistic. Right. So the weaker vampires are like strewn in his lawn. I think there's two of them. Mm-hmm. He th- throws them in the back of his car. <laughs> And part of his daily routine is, oh, I got to get some gas. So he stops off and gets gas from his fuel truck where you see all these cans lined up. So he's he has set the city up 
for to him. function for him. Yes. He's got the generator running at the grocery store. He pushes all the carts in the way so that the zombies can't stumble through and mess with his food or his generator. That's why all those carts yep. are locked up like that. But so he goes and gets some garlic to refresh his garlic. But when he gets to that freaking pit, man, I was thinking about it. So it's been three years. And there's smoke pouring up out of this pit. It's still burning. The pit has so many bodies down there. There's so much human fat burning yeah. off that that fire is still burning. It's like a tire fire. It's it's not going to stop. It's exactly what I said to Bird last night. I was like, it's exactly like a tire fire. If you get a huge stack of tires going, it'll burn for 100 years. Yeah. You can't stop it. Mm-mm. So that, that's what is. That's my first thought, too, is this thing has been churning. Yeah. And there's so many bodies there's in there. so my many bodies in the fire. Like, it's a cavity of just... My favorite part of it is oh. that we never see the bottom of the pit. I love that. I do. We only see the top edge and the smoke billowing out of it. We see so many people get thrown into it that you just imagine like a half mile deep. Even if it's just because we know that it's not just his pit because there are military vehicles there. The government was ditching bodies here before everyone in the world died. So yeah. even it was just him ditching like five bodies a day. Let's just say on the min he finds five. Right. We know it's more, but let's say it's five. Yeah. That initial stack of bodies is so deep and so big that it's still on fire. It's crazy, man. Um, so when he popped by the mirror store, I stopped taking notes of this sort after a while. <laughs> he only he's looking for the flattest squares mirror. Just grab mirrors, dude. Well, what I wrote down is why wouldn't you just if you had all infinite amount of time, why not take all the mirrors to your house? Yes. Why not take all of the why not set up like a cold storage place at your house? If you yeah, had an infinite amount of time like yeah. he does. I wouldn't. Yeah, I'd have my own shopping. setup. You don't have to stay in your own house either. Like, Is it his house? Who knows? I don't think it is. I think it's Ben's house. Oh, is that why he's pissed at him? <laughs> Get out of my Get house, Morgan. Get out of my Morgan. house, Morgan. I don't know, man. You but owe like, me rent, Morgan. There's a moment. It's it's hard because I I kind of think that they let the, they used two locations and used them both double duty. Right, because okay. Because when, when Robert Morgan is running around in his house during flashback, it looks a lot... Some parts of it look like the house where he's living in the present. Right. But... When he goes to go and see Ben, his, his, uh, not Ben Tramer. I was going to say Ben Tramer. That's Halloween. Um, but when he goes to see Ben, while Ben, the day that Ben doesn't show up for work. Yes. There's a garage, there's the mirror and the cross and the garlic in the same position. The door looks the same. The windows are set up. Yeah. It looks like Ben's that house. That might be Ben's house then. But then other it's times weird. it yeah. looks like his. So I'm not sure. I think that's probably like they use two locations that are a little similar, but. In my head, Robert Morgan moved into Ben's house because Ben was already paranoid about vampires. And, and already had kind of a up. setup already. Right. That makes sense. So he needed to move quickly. Ben's and, already got it kind of set and up. And also, for... Ben's house is a one-story house. Robert Morgan's house is a two-story house. And in the present, we never see him go upstairs. No. So I think he's living in Ben's house, which I actually kind of love. Especially because Ben... It, it kind of it, it, there's a weird like dark irony to it because Ben is the one who introduces the idea of vampires in the right. flashbacks. They're in the flashbacks and Robert Morgan's like, Ben, how can I? Just because there's vampires all over the street doesn't mean I have to believe in vampires, Ben. <laughs> Just because of vampires. Just ben. because there's overwhelming evidence that everyone is vampires, Ben, doesn't mean that we can't give up, Ben, because vampires aren't real, even though there's vampires everywhere. And Ben's like. Robert, I don't agree with you because there are vampires everywhere. Therefore, <laughs> I believe in vampires. And Robert Morgan's like, you're not much of a scientist, Ben. Oh, my God, Ben. Ben is like 100% right about yes. everything the whole time. 
So I, I kind of like that the reason that he moves into Ben's house is because Ben had he set was already up, set up. For he's it. already set up for vampires. So at the end of his yeah, because Vincent was being such a negative Nancy about the whole guy. He's thing. being he's well, he's being real positive. Like we'll kill it. We have well, yeah, to. <laughs> but he just doesn't want to buy into like the dead are coming back to right. life. Um. So I love at the end of his day when he's all done with his chores. Of like burning bodies yep. and getting a couple mirrors from the mirror store, he comes home, pulls out a pint of scotch, like a maybe it's like a quart of scotch. Yep. And he's I, there's there's little bits of Vincent Price's performance here where he's like he can't get the bottle open. Yep. Where he's like the cap won't come off. And what happens at night is all of the vampires wake up and they a huge group of them can, descend on him converge on his house and they're like battering at the walls and Morgan. one of them speaks it's ben and he just keeps saying morgan come out morgan morgan <laughs> morgan come out we're gonna get you morgan it's yep. like it's very like that but for nine hours though that drive a motherfucker a little crazy well he sets up that deep stack of vinyl records to like play through yep I like. I wrote down. I love his choice of vinyl. It's like this swinging, manic jazz music that almost scores the like this, zombie. The attack. weirdness, yeah. And I was thinking, like, after three years, here's my analogy. <laughs> so, you know, like you'd think like he'd put on classical or something calming or peaceful, but he doesn't, right? Well, you know when you like the first couple times you smoke weed how you like you listen to classical music and opera and you're like this is so beautiful the fifth time it's dmx though well, like deeper x gonna give it to you <laughs> like, well like deeper in what I, I maybe i'm the only one who does this but i've started listening to like i'll go listen to colin stetson oh shit because it freaks me out and there's something fun about being nervous i get it so i'm I wondering if he's, i get it if he's like if he's like all right keeping himself in. a little bit yeah, well, like, maybe he's come to, like, appreciate in a weird way, like, the boutique nature of vampires swarming his house as he listens to horrifying jazz music. I can dig that, yeah. There's something, like, maybe he's, and also... Because the calming music is... a unhinged, too. A little bit. He's getting a little bit... <laughs> yeah. Well, he's he's working with the cap, and someone's, like, fiddling with the window, and he goes over and, like... Chucks the... Chucks something at yeah. him, and they he's back like, off. Back off. Yeah. And he laughs. He has this, he can't get the cap open. He's thrown something to like get the vampires away from his door. And he goes like, he's, he smiles like, it's it's almost like a Han Solo smile. Yeah. Like a wry like, vampires. That's adorable. He's been at it for so long. It's all just second nature to him. His, his poor, Vincent Price is an amazing actor. We've talked about him we've a couple times a few before. Times. Uh, That's well, why we keep coming back to him. This is like the fourth one we've done. Yeah, it, his portrayal of of weariness how tired because he he falls asleep on the couch and has a dream we don't see exactly what it is but we find out later it's his wife Mm -hmm. screaming to him that she can't see because she eventually comes down with the illness when we're in the flashbacks but he wakes up having just had a nightmare about how he couldn't save his family and how they're both dead now and he's like oh man and he gets up and he tucks his shirt in and he goes over to the lathe and he switches it on and just hearing the whoa, 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 whoa of you the lathe, do it. you see he grabs his head and his Ugh. hair, and he's like, he drops the chisel down and he shuts the thing off, and he just he's done. He's not. Yeah. And that's the beginning of the end for him, really. His routine falls apart. Well, in the, the I think it's the first day when he goes to get food, and he's like, 
I don't eat for... I used to take pleasure in what I eat. Now it's only fuel for survival. Yeah. Today I'll be fine with coffee and orange juice. And he's got that can. And he picks up his daughter's doll. And we don't know he, he has children or anything Not at about this point, him. But yeah. he, he sees a doll. And he smiles at it. And then the smile just wilts off his face. And it's not like rage. It's almost like petulance. Yeah. And he throws a can into the corner. And then he, we have a great voiceover who goes, anger is an emotion I can't afford to indulge. It makes me, it, it causes mistakes. Mistakes, yes, and exactly. I, and I can't afford mistakes if I'm going to survive. Um, <laughs> Which is great foreshadowing because that's all he does for the rest of the. Yeah, we, we pick up on as the soon last. As, he, as soon as he mentions making mistakes, he starts making mistakes. Well, the next one that we get is he, I think it's probably like his designated day to go visit a tomb. Right. For his wife. Which, Thursdays is when he visits his wife or whatever. Or whatever. And he goes there and we see him lighting some candles. I love how tilted those damn candles are, man. The candles in the candle mm, holder, yes. they're almost, they're like to the point of falling over. 45 degree angles on For those babies. Sure. They're they're at a, like a three o'clock, <laughs> not even like a two o'clock. They're like near, like t- t- almost to three, 215. Yeah. They're, they're about to fall. They're a fire hazard for yes. sure. If it wasn't a stone mausoleum. So he comes over to the, the casket and he sits down next to it and he goes, oh, Vag, Vag, I miss you so And he puts his head in his hands and then we cut to the candles and they're burned down to nothing. And they were like. Full candles, yeah. candles and he looks up and he looks at his watch and he looks outside and he goes it's dark i have fucked up mm-hmm. night has fallen they'll be everywhere and they are <laughs> lo and behold they're all over his car they're all yep. over like hiding in the ditches Swarmed and stuff them like wasps and hornets man it was so awesome it, it there's and then this would be a good time to talk about the zombies because this is the first time we see him the vampires vampires yeah we'll call them vampires this is the first time we see him out amongst them, rather than them coming and like banging on his wall and stuff. He's on their turf. Do right. you like when you if okay? Would this movie have been improved if they were classic vampires, intelligent, smart? He wouldn't have survived. No, not at all. Even if they were like zombies from one of the more like a twenty-eight, like a 28 days, days later, later like he would have been completely fucked. As soon as I realized how shambling they were and how easy they were to sort of get around, you can deke right. them like super easy. Yeah. I'm like, oh, they're not really a threat unless there's like a hundred of them around you. That to me is why I like the shamblers. And we can yeah. in the we haven't watched a single zombie movie, I don't we think. We haven't for any not of yet. the show. Not any we, for we're any gonna, yeah. But what I like in a zombie movie, I look, Twenty Eight Days Later is a fun movie, but I don't really think of it as a zombie movie because they run. It's yeah. The they're, runners. They're not zombies, they're rage people for me the scariest thing like the what makes zombies scary is the numbers is the yeah mass. that's the is it the second romero it's the dawn of, dawn the, of dead the dead when they're in the um the shopping mall. the shopping mall yeah terrifying well that's why i like about night of the living dead is it starts with like three zombies yeah they're, and they're coming like oh, for you, we, we can defend this we can defend this but and the, then suddenly but the well not even suddenly it's over the course of the movie every time they, they'll start shooting outside the house and now there's five and now there's 11 and they're like we should probably think about getting out of here well, let's discuss the plan as they discuss now the plan. 25. There's 25. Yeah. And then once they've settled on a plan, the house is surrounded. There's 150 and they're all dead. of them. Yeah. yeah. It's, it doesn't matter where you run to. Eventually, you will be surrounded by hundreds of them. So you got to keep moving. There's something about the... You can handle one zombie. You can mm-hmm. handle probably three zombies. It's that, it's that dripping faucet. Eventually, it's going to fill yeah. a water tank. 
like a town. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's one, like two fine. It's like your eventually your tub is clogged and it's dripping. Yeah. It might be years before your sure. tub overflows, but unless you stay on top of that water, your tub's going to overflow. And in this metaphor, e- yeah, it's easy for a cup, one cup at a time. I can handle that. No, no problem. Worries. You can even let it go for a couple days and then yep. sploosh it out. But if, if you don't, the moment you stop, you're done. It just keeps filling up. That that to me is yeah. what is terrifying about zombies, and that's why I love the treatment of the vampires in this movie. Mm, okay, because it's like. It's ultimately the same thing. A sure. vampire is going to suck your blood and you die. A zombie is going to eat your flesh eat your, and you die. And in both cases, you come back from the dead as a sort of cursed half-living being. Yes. So they're the same thing. So if I have my pick, I know people are like, I'm done with zombies. We need to stop making zombies. But if you make zombies right, slow, stupid, totally primal creatures that only are effective in massive, inevitable... So numbers. The Walking Dead. Dude, it's... Yeah, but kind of. But the, the the comic book, not the, necessarily. Right, though. The Walking Dead is leaning more on like the human drama thing yeah. now, where it's like the the hu- I'd get the point they're making. The humans are much worse than the zombies yes. are. They're that's the, real the whole monsters. point of the yeah. right. I get it, but that's why I like the first three volumes of Walking yes. Dead. Yes, so much. the first three are perfect. They're they're wonderful. I think, you know what else is? It is kind of like the zombie thing is very Lovecrafty. Yeah, I can see that too. It's like the moss that will slowly... We chip the moss away. We burn the moss away, but the next day the moss is back on the building. There's something we, a little green, we yes. We burn the moss away. We, we cut the moss away, and the next day it's a little higher up the building. We'll, we'll stay on top of it. We'll burn it through the night. And then you take your coffee break, and when you come back, it's above... It's, oh, yeah. It's it, the inevitability... The 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 vastness of of the the problem. I love that. I absolutely love it. So <laughs> Morgan gets home from visiting his dead wife and almost doesn't make it. Yeah, and his house gets trashed. Fucked his house up. Yeah, a demolished. His house is just makes toast. me so sad. No, his car. His, car. his car is fucked up. Luckily, he's gonna go get exactly the same car in a little bit. Well, you know, it was the model of the year that everybody died, so there's I mean, plenty maybe. of them on the lot. It, that yeah, but it is exactly the same station wagon. He's like, this station wagon ought to do nicely. I'm like, well, did your last one? Because it's the same car. <laughs> that car lot had 57 of the family trucksters in it. This, this is probably the tenth time he's went and got probably. that same station wagon. And why wouldn't you just get a convertible? That's one of the things I like about um, the re- the new one, the mm-hmm. I Am Legend with Will Smith, is it opens with him ripping around in a convertible, yes. which I think is a nod to the original movie. A convertible would be fun. Is the, the line. This is what he says, yeah. Or a convertible would be nice. So he goes home, or he's hanging out in his house as they're trashing his car. He gets that scotch open. Mm-hmm. Now that scotch is open, and he's drinking it. And he he's watching a home movie. I don't know if you have this note, too, but... Robert Morgan does a hell of a job editing his home movies. <laughs> it's not one reel, buddy. That's well. He's he's it's got a he's got a film reel on yep. there, and it's like a home. We see him with a home video camera later, but like there's there's edit there's cuts there's like there's like jump cuts there's different angles in his home videos. Yeah, he's a he's a part time uh, videographer. Maxwell. I guess so. Well, there's science science <laughs> scientist and documentarian. Apparently, like he gets home, he's like, "What better way to unwind than to take <laughs> to all these cut negatives?" Cut, yeah, he's he literally like his home video is like his family at a circus, but it's not like that one POV nope. thing. It's like here's a shot of his wife. Cut two, <laughs> a clown, <laughs> he's got B-roll and, yeah, he's got he's got like crowd coverage. He's got different angles of the show that they're watching. <laughs> he's got stock footage of an air show in there. He does like, like he cut in like like stock footage. He cut in like stills. It's 
his it's home very well produced. His, own, his home videos are clean. They well, he's had so he's had three years to re-edit them to make them. You know, I hadn't thought of that. Maybe he maybe that's tr- maybe that is actually what he did. He's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna tailor, make the best tailor my make memories. the best version of this possible. Very well could. I mean, he's got an eye for it. Uh, so this is this is a very this is an excellent Vincent Price acting moment. He's watching the home video, and then when it finally roll like is getting near the end, he starts to laugh. Because he oh can hear God. the outside, and he's watching home video of his wife and child who are both dead, and he just starts to. <laughs> and then, very slowly, very subtly, it just turns in. It's a good. <laughs> the turn to the sob and is he starts so crying. fucking heartbreaking, man. Oh. You know, so we're watching that, and this is one of the moments where Bird popped in, and she goes, how did Vincent Price die? Do you know? Do you, Me? You personally? No, no idea. Because something about seeing him, like, mourning on the couch, she was just like, I, how did he die? And we looked it up, and it was Parkinson's. Really? Yeah. I thought, I, I had some, Bird it did, too. We both had some weird memory of him dying of, like, out, like complications from alcoholism, but that's not even not close even close. Wow. No, it's Parkinson's disease. He was old, too. I he mean, was. He was. He's, a... he's in Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. This is his last he's movie. He's a doctor, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to make you hands, Edward. <laughs> Dude, I, I don't think he's in anything that's, anything he's in, by default, can't be a bad movie. No. Because Vincent Price is in it. He's just amazing. He's the boss. Ugh. We can just talk about how much we love Vincent Price. <laughs> These all could turn into goo sessions on Vincent the, Price. They all do eventually. So this is our first flashback. Yes. And it's his. It's spurred on by the the home movies because yes. it, it he sees some footage of his daughter's birthday. And so this sparks the memory of, of the his whole daughter's thing, yes. birthday. And we see we we notice a familiar face pop up. Hey, is it that guy? Is that's it been... the one who keeps coming? Yeah, it is. It's Morgan. his best friend Ben. This is where we find that out. And man, I have I hadn't seen this movie in about a year, and I somehow kind of glossed this part. But remembering that the 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 lead vampire who's after his blood. Is both the guy who warned him about vampires and, and his, his best, best friend. friend. Yeah, it's pretty fucked it's up. It's heavy, dude. Yeah, it is. So he, Ben brings a newspaper clipping, and the I love the I love the headline is Europe's disease carried on the wind. Just, dude, what a what a what a headline! What a headline, man! Is <laughs> don't write them like that anymore, is dude. Europe's disease. <laughs> they don't write them like that anymore. They well. well they do. They do. It's worse, and it's less to do with illnesses, and it's more like bad ideas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, is this horrible and offensive? Right. Is this horrible and offensive? Well, the the ones lately, dude, have been like kind of similar to this in a weird way. The news never changes. No, it doesn't. Because this morning I woke up and I checked. I don't. I don't read the news, but I checked. I check the headlines to see if it's like missiles are on the <laughs> like, way. Are we dying today or not? But yeah. it's like you know, you pop it open, and all the headlines are like. Iran seized a tanker because they believed it was smuggling fuel. Iran has surpassed the nuclear stockpile amount yeah. in the Geneva Conventions. North Korea, blah, blah, blah. It's it's always like... It's always the same shit. Today might be the day we die. Have a wonderful Monday. Today might be the day we die. How's your Thursday going? Yeah. It's, that's it, hasn't, why I, it hasn't changed since the 50s, man. No. Duck Once, and cover. Well, that's why I cover. avoid the news entirely. It's yeah. like the world's unstable and everyone's in danger, and I'm like, yeah, that's been the case since humans. World War. It's been the case since humans, sir. right? I'm yeah. not saying it's not dangerous and bad. I'm just saying like maybe enjoy the trees rather than back in caveman day days. They're like, yeah, the 
Panthers are up 20%. Yeah, oh my God. Caveman headlines. Right, exactly. Tigers are encroaching. Does the the Velt have a Panther problem? Discuss. Right, Right, exactly. (laughs) You know? So... I, this is, I think, the costuming here is really cool because Robert Morgan is in a white cardigan mm-hmm. over his shirt and tie, and he's at his daughter's birthday party and he kisses his wife and she's like, "Could it be on the wind, Robert?" And he goes, "I, I don't have evidence, Verge. I'll, once I've got her name is Verge, Verge, by the way. Once I've got got more evidence, we can discuss this at length. But I won't give in to hysteria. Right now, would you like a sedative? Exactly. But so the the neck we get the birthday party and we hear. We hear the wind blowing Mm -hmm. The next thing It's a jump cut in time But we're still at the house Is open An open window Or no A closed window With wind battering against it And Robert Morgan Standing behind it Looking out at the wind Yeah And now He's in the same outfit But his cardigan is black it's such a, such a great subtle little shift because he's in a white cardigan when he's outside and doesn't believe in the problem. But black we, when he's we see the black cardigan first, and then we cut to inside the house and we see that his daughter is under like netting. Yeah, yeah, like, like mosquito a netting. Yeah, netting to try and keep germs out of her bedroom. Man, it's heavy, dude. It's uh, it's inc- it's also he never for like the next five to six minutes, no one even mentions the disease. Just by showing us that the windows are closed now and the mosquito netting and that his wife is still in bed and it's broad daylight, you know that everyone the shit is has sick. gone south. Yeah, it's gotten and to the in fact is carried on the wind. It is carried on the wind. He yeah. was completely wrong. Actually, well, he wasn't wrong. He was he, he was working off the information jumping that he to had. a conclusion. Right. Yeah. 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 Using his own scientific method to try to. It's kind of a weird story if you if you break it down in its context, because it's about a man who did the science right but had he been a little bit a more little more hysterical he uh, the people who are hysterical are on the right track yes his and acting quicker right his his logical scientific deliberate mind actually acts to his detriment yes very much so so <laughs> super interesting man wife wife and vincent price standing in front of the little girl who's in bed like <laughs> mommy yeah. i'm in my eyes <laughs> yeah. Vincent Price turns to his wife and goes mm, Maybe you shouldn't Send her to school today oh my God. <laughs> She's literally She's barfing worms She couldn't like, be more close to death I watching that I loved that so much I'm watching it and she's Maybe call in the child's sick like, today Like vegetable peeling her face With her fingernails and she's just like The agony of the illness mommy <laughs> Mommy, I can't feel my legs. I can feel the worms in my spine. Vincent Price is like, all right, maybe a half day. Half day, I was going to say, maybe a half day. <laughs> we see how she's doing after lunch. <laughs> Dude, maybe, maybe just, just never. Just feed her some Triscuits and a glass of water, see how she does. <laughs> I'm going to make dry toast. You want some farina, honey? We got oh some farina God. and Ritz. We'll settle that. T- I got some flat oh ginger my, ale. My tummy is so some, right some flat ginger ale. <laughs> so... I shouldn't have had that. That was it. The fourth one that did it. It was the fifth one. That was did it the it. fifth one? Yeah. I, I I was had five. I know, Carl. It's his birthday week. Bird gave me the gave Carl the eyes just now, but in the back of his head. What? <laughs> the five martini eyes. That's only fifteen ounces of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
You make yours a little weaker than I do because five martinis would be. No, you're right. Yeah, three ounces a piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> so later on, I think it's. No, it, he goes to work. And he's basically. Jesus, that's like 10 Jack and Cokes. It's a lot. It's a lot of drinks. Whoa, whoa. It's 15 beers ish. Neighborhood right. of, but yeah, it's a lot of beers. All right, that's stupid. I that was too so much vodka. Yeah. yeah, and when you just went, <laughs> I smelled the third one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I could, oh, I could almost. I drink, I drink an English pint. <laughs> uh, well, no, an English pint is twenty ounces. Oh, fuck. Okay. So an American that. pint is sixteen. So you're right. one ounce shy of drinking a pint glass, an American pint glass of vodka last night. Yeah. So. So that it's that you basically drank one of those, but all vodka. <laughs> Forty-two is gonna be a better year. <laughs> We're gonna make some healthy shifts. I'm gonna switch to the green shit, yeah. brother. <laughs> Welcome to the green, Carl. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't do this anymore. I feel so horrible. <laughs> I mean, my toes have been curled. And up, today was like, another day we were supposed to do suede rainbow band practice, which yeah. is just like blazing feedback oh, and shrieking oh, distortion. Thank God my mom's coming to town. Yeah, mom bailed you out. <laughs> Good Thanks, on you, mom. buddy. Speaking of mommy. Yes. Mommy, where are you? Oh, no. Help me, mommy. Mommy, where are you? I can't see you. That's so fucking. I like the little girl has a transatlantic accent. She does. Mother. Mother. I can't, I can't see, see you. you, mommy. Mom, I guess a transatlantic is more like, mommy, mommy, I can't see you. I can't <laughs> see you, mommy. <laughs> it always seems to have a clip to it. But dude, that the, all joking aside, that little girl, mom sitting right next to the bed, and the little girl yeah, like trying to reach for her and stuff, horrifying. Yeah. I don't like sick kids, man. Sick kids freak me the fuck out. I don't like out. disease movies. No, like disease you mentioned movies. Contagion earlier, and it's like my skin just started crawling. Contagion, quarantine. Even Outbreak is outbreak, fucking creepy 20, shit. 28 Days Later. Like any movie where people start getting sick and no one can stop it. Yeah. Oh, that's such a huge fear of mine. Like a legit pain. Biologics, man. I'm yeah. Telling you. Yeah. Biological Bi- horrors are Biological horror is really terrifying. scary. Well, my dad's a microbiologist for 45 years. He'll tell you some shit. Let's get him on. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. He'll be like, this is actually fairly tame. Oh, he was like, well, I have a degree in hemo- hematology and a degree in microbiology and a degree in like, photo- he'll tell you everything you need to know about all that shit. I'll be like, so, uh... He'll, he'll take one look in your fridge and tell you how many diseases you're lucky you don't have. The doctor's really, the lady doctor's really got boobs like that nice. He's like, <laughs> Carl, this is what you had me on the show to talk about. Right, exactly. <laughs> don't skirt the question, Mr. Hartley. <laughs> Mr. Hartley. <laughs> Mr. Hartley. Answer the question, Mr. Hartley. Answer the question. Do can do doctors in contagious zones really have that much sex? Because <laughs> I watched some disease movies and it's just hot yeah, people. Fucking all the time. It's just hot people boning in portable showers. That's all it is. <laughs> You're waiting for the autoclave to cycle and it is fucking boning. Well, these are gonna take ten minutes to spin down. That's time for a quick fuck. Is that is that accurate, Mr. Hartley? Mr. Hot- Mr. Hot- how many hot doctors did you bang when you were studying infectious diseases? Is like I'm leaving. Thank <laughs> He'd you. Already the- be gone. Thank you for the coffee of a lovely home. <laughs> Shallow cups. Say hi to your dog for me. <laughs> hey, that's another thing. Can do- can dogs catch human diseases and give them to humans, or is that only sometimes that that happens? And also, <laughs> well, you never answered the boobs question. <laughs> Yeah, Carl, I don't think I'll be visiting for a while. Right. In fact, you are, you are now disowned. A 42-year-old man disowned Didn't from... I thought you were past uh, past the disowning age, but no, in fact, no, in fact you're dead to me. 
Jesus. <laughs> Again, thank you Cut for the Cut out of coffee. the will just for being <laughs> just a measuring for measuring clicks. clicks one time. Um, I had a question about how the government is handling this because they say on the news, if you have an infected person in your home, call this number yes. and will, someone will come and help you out. Help you out as in tap two in your forehead and burn you? Are the go- Is the government killing yeah, living people? I think so. I think so too. Yep. It's like contingency plan zero or yeah, whatever, they're, they're where they're like, Z. fuck it. They're we, like, we can't contain this. Yeah. Let us know if you have someone sick. We'll get them somewhere. We'll get you help. They put them in a truck, wrap them in a cloth, and throw Double them in a Double tap them and fire. throw them in a pit, yeah. This is nuts. Be, well, they can't, it's 1964, so they're not showing us the double tap, but it is heavily it's implied. It's heavily implied. That there's a woman at one point, they, they carry out a dude on a stretcher and throw him in the back of a truck, and she's like, no, not like this, not like this, he's my husband. Right. Why is she screaming so much if he if he's there to help? Like I yeah. get it, but so Robert Morgan gets home one day and he sees one of those trucks leaving his house. Mm, fuck me. Goes in and his wife is disconsolate on the couch and he's like, "What did you do, Verge?" Baby's she's like, gone. "She kept crying for me. I wanted to help her." That means that she was alive when they took her. Yep. And pop pop down in the hole. In the pit. Pop pop down in the hole. Yeah. Can I get another box of bullets over here? Dude, it's I think it probably at some point they just said it's not worth the bullets and they're just hammering people in the head. Dude. They might be, man. Like this movie gets if you read between the lines on this flick, this movie's real heavy. Yep. It's it's a Vincent Price Well, vehicle. it's not it's very heavily not even implied. I mean, the entire world is dead and the government was The world dies. Yeah. The whole world dies in this movie, except for like a smallish group of people who are starting to come back at the end of the movie to like repopulate mm-hmm. the planet. And I do think that there is a very faint ray of hope at the very end of this I movie. I think so. The girl, mm-hmm. right? Like yep. so she's still kind of there, but I also well, we'll talk about the end when we get to it. I don't want to jump ahead, but um there's, there's something about this movie we've watched a couple of Vincent Price's like four yeah, Vincent Price yeah. movies they all have a lot of charm they're this just movie s- steeped in charm this doesn't have a whole lot of char- well I think it does but that's more just Which where part? I'm coming from it, just the whole thing the, the it, movie has nostalgia for me like all of them but, do uh, no okay no I see what you're saying no that, that charm is not present right here. like there's something charming about House on Haunted Hill where you're like you get yeah. a delicious chill yes and all the chills in this movie are kind of dirty you know well they resonate yeah. So yeah, it's not a charm to it. It's more like a fuck. Because this still is a cautionary tale in a way for us now. I mean, it's all the same thing. And I give some credit to Richard Matheson's story. Richard Matheson. Oh, horror writer. Have, have you ever read Hell House? Fuck. No, I haven't. I, uh, I okay. I if you've got Hoopla though, oh yeah, it's on the Hoopla. Audio. The audiobook is Monto Bene. It's just so good. So I I highly recommend to any of our listeners who th- like this story. I am Legend is a great story, but I think Hell House is one of my favorite haunted house stories ever. It's so good. It's very in the vein of um, the Haunting of Hill House by okay, Shirley cool. Jackson. So when he gets to the plague pit, he goes. It's at night. It's the only time we see the pit at night. He goes to the pit to try and get his daughter back. And he goes, you're not allowed through there, sir. That's my daughter. I want her. I want my daughter. And like a a military police officer grabs him and hauls him aside. And his line is incredible. He goes, mister, a lot of daughters are in there, including my own. Fuck, man. Mm. That plague pit at night looks like hell. It is hell, man. It's blackness 
with this roaring, brilliant flame and smoke billowing out. You see licking flames. They're dumping bodies down the embankment. Some of the bodies don't fall all the way down into the pit. They're like kind of stuck on the hill halfway down. And they have so many bodies to deal with, they just leave them. They don't give a shit. Yeah, they're no longer bodies to them anymore. And they're wrapped in canvas, so it's like maggots speckling this hill above flames. It's completely devoid of humanity. It's like It's Boshian, dude. It's horrifying. And I love... I love that line, including my own. Something about that, man, where it's just like, look, maybe you... Yeah, I get it. Your daughter, your wife, your son, your father, mine too. In a weird way, everyone arrives at reality before Robert Morgan does. Because this military policeman... He's the last one to show up mentally. If they'd had another second or if they'd been a little hacky with it or whatever, you could have had him like holding Mr. Morgan and look him in the eyes and he goes, I don't think you understand. The whole world is as good as dead. Right. Like, we're burning these, but none of us actually think this is going to save us. Right. It's bleak as shit. I love, but, but you're, it is like, it still falls in that classic horror where, like, I would never hesitate to throw this movie on. I oh, would, never. I would never be like, it's too much of a bummer. Like, this would be. This is, never too, this is not too heavy to, like, sit down in any afternoon and, like, no. throw on. Right. Yeah, bowl of popcorn, a couple friends are over. Contagion, no. 28 days later, probably not. If, but. All of your, if all of your friends are, like, really deep thinkers, this could cause some existential dread. But for yes. the most part, it's it's a bla- it's a fun black and white movie with Vincent Price in it. Yes. Um, oh, my God. He gets home. Like, his daughter just got thrown in the pit. He gets home. And he's like, all right, look, you stay in bed. I'm going to go to work. He gets home and we hear his wife. Fuck. Scre- Verge's screaming. We've talked a lot about vocal performances yes. of screaming. I spit on your grave. All four of the ones we've watched mm-hmm. so far are kind of the high watermark for yes. visceral raw screaming. Um, we did Halloween recently and Jamie, Jamie Lee, Lee Curtis, Curtis. Mm-hmm. has the scream queen scream. Yes. We loved Nora's scream in House on Haunted Hill. Yes. That kind of like beautiful high, high pitched, pitched just breaking yeah, glass. She's, she's my bar for screams. Dude, I love. Oh, but love Verge's it. screaming is it is almost as guttural and animalistic as the the girl screaming in the second I spit on your grave remake. I spit on your grave too. Yeah, it's like pieces of flesh are ripping from it her throat. It's when, not even high pitched. It's nope. like I can't even do no. it. I'd have to like wrench my voice. But it's like Bob, Bob, I can't see Bob, Bob, I can't see. It's it's terrifying and man. disgusting. It's yeah. it's amazing. It's it's a moment in this movie where you're just yep. like. Because it crawls it under gives, your yeah, skin. Yeah, his skin completely just tightens. Oh, so it's heavily... He comes in and he sees her on the the bed. And he's like, Verge, I won't, I won't let them take you, Verge. Not like that. And he wraps her up. He goes and digs her... Gri- uh, we're not actually quite to that yet. There's a moment I want... I think it's before his wife dies. It's after his daughter dies. Mm. She's in the other room. My notes are a little out of order because I was taking so many. No, 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 I got you. So before she screams and we see her succumb to the disease, it's in the immediate aftermath of his daughter going in the pit. And he's in her bedroom, the daughter's bedroom, with the windows open and the curtains flapping in the breeze. Something on the wind. And I wrote, does Robert Morgan have a death wish? I think so. His daughter's dead. He knows his wife is dying. His wife is on the way out and he has no symptoms and now he's just standing in an open window. That is... 
This to me is the metaphorical equivalent of a scene where Vincent Price is sitting in a dark room with a gun to the side mm-hmm. of his head and he's only torn away by his wife screaming that she's dying. And again, if it wasn't <laughs> if we weren't analyzing it like this, you it would play, never uh, read like exactly. that. Exactly. But that's the reality of this movie, mm-hmm. man. It's it's really The open window is a loaded gun to his head. There's a reason that not, that even for 1964 this movie's sticking around. It's like Carnival of Souls. There's something there's some germ in there that there's scares you. There's something in the water, man. There's some there, actually there's more something on the wind. There's something but, in the wind, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, what? No. Uh, we'll watch that movie someday too. <laughs> I will. I'm not gonna. I'm not kidding. What you. the wind is? The wind is the bad part. No, it's the earth that is bad. I'm not kidding. I adore that movie, Carl. Are you fucking serious? I'm 100 percent right serious. It's. Have you ever name a bigger piece of shit? I would argue that it's I, okay. We're talking about the movie The Happening right now. I would argue that it's worse than The Room, and that to me cements it in my heart. There is no bigger piece of shit than that movie. I than can't think The of Happening. One. It's awful. There's how about okay come on okay, in the happening yeah. the fucking the, the the conversation the, he has with the plant the lawnmower driving over the dummy or the tigers ripping apart the other dummy or the the, <laughs> the famous bit where the, the you could find clips of it all over YouTube when the old woman comes out she's all paranoid are you sneaking around planning to rob me what planning to kill me what no <laughs> ma'am we're not. What? 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 No. no. Ma'am, we're not. <laughs> Such a bad piece of shit. Dude. But when he's he, he's there's a bit to think about this There's movie. a bit where he's on a hill talking to Zoe Deschanel and he's oh, like God damn it. He's like, I went into a drugstore. I went into a drugstore and I bought I bought a bunch of sleeping pills and I'm not even tired. Or something. And he's right. like, I'm not even tired. And she goes, Is that story true? And he goes, No. <laughs> and it's like completely it's like why what is this conversation the whole about? Yeah. chunk of dialogue is like unnecessary yes. <laughs> what are you doing M. Night? i will watch that movie anytime you feel like you're up to it i prefer it's, this is the wind is the bad person no, movie you know what you got to do carl Shit. you know how you're you know what you got to do to make the happening work for okay. you okay all right there are okay. there are certain all right circumstances of all the, right. the happening is like a really great movie <laughs> I'll I'm take just, you up. I'll take I'm you up just on saying, it. man. I am right. turning over a new leaf. You are this year because you got to stop drinking Hulk, sixteen ounce McCafe coffee cups of vodka. This is how much <laughs> vodka I had last night. A McCafe. When you're holding it in your hand, does it make you feel like maybe you should switch? It to makes p- me feel like I want to <laughs> fill this with vomit. <laughs> 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 oh my god! Oh, I'm starting to bleed out the anus. I might have too We're much. We're getting close. Um, your, yeah, your blood is thinner than air at this point. Seriously. So, Robert Morgan driving with his dead wife in the seat next to him, wrapped in a sheet. That's I couldn't horrifying. That is one scene that stuck with me. Like I always, sometimes I forget what movie it's from. Yeah. Like because a year will go by after we've watched this, right. but I will, for some reason, that scene will click on in my head, just randomly. Can we get briefly you know, real? Times. Yeah. This is, and we don't have to stay here, obviously. Sure. But this is a scene that never, ever stuck in my head until about three years ago. I started watching this movie, and that scene always, like, I, I've watched this movie steadily, but three years ago, that scene started screwing with me. And what changed is, I. I uh, sat, I, I was in the house, I was, I was present when my grandfather died, mm-hmm. and. Me and my brother were 
basically helped the the hospice workers get get him out of the house. So being around death like that, and then recently I was I my uncle passed That's recently, right, yeah. and it, and me and my brother helped carry him out to the hearse when they came to pick mm-hmm. him up to bring him to the funeral home, and the the re watch when you if you've never been around a a, a dead person like in in reality especially a loved one mm-hmm. these scenes in these movies just read as like a, a little creepy chill where it's like ooh that's a dead body next to him in the car but now when you've been around i've got the it. i have the emotional language now mm-hmm. to understand that and y- yes it's a Vincent Price movie i'm i'm not trying to bum anyone out but this movie that scene hits me hard now right. because that's I can make the I can I can tap into what he's feeling, yeah. which is you have an actual connection that's to his, that. Yeah. That's his wife, who his he, dead wife that he's been married to for years and has a daughter with, and they had shared had dreams, and they and now she's she's there next to him, but she's not there next to him anymore. Mm-hmm. And so this this scene. I I wanted to I just wanted to to touch it because I think it's interesting that the context of horror movies change as we get a, a broader emotional dialogue absolutely with their yes. horrors. Yeah, it, it changes from um, uh, to empathy to sympathy. Yeah, because yeah. Where you're just you're like, oh, I I I can imagine what you're feeling. To I, have I know felt what that what you're feeling. Like, yes, exactly. It's scary. It's it's a that scene has like a new little seed in it and then it makes You know from that point on we get back into like the undead and stuff so that that emotional language fades away but the next thing that we see is undead verge and I was I was just I was equally as surprised to find that I didn't have any deeper emotional resonance with Undead Verge. I just pop right back into horror. Right back into horror movie mode. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So she again though. She's horrifying. Yeah. Her, like she almost does the what is it that we were calling it the scars guard? Oh, that where, the, where one the eye, eye goes, like, one eye is kind of drifting out a little bit. She it's amazing because she doesn't have that when she's alive. No, so I don't know how the actress must be able to do that. Just like relax her eyes and one drifts over. Kind of you, you give yourself a strabismus when she opens that. Yeah, he opens the door because he hears knocking at the door and it's his dead wife covered in dirt because he just buried her in the desert. <laughs> and she walks in and she's like, Bob. Bob Robert and her fucked up. Oh, it's nuts, man. I I love it. I I I love it so much. Morgan. It's basically uh, it's the voice that she was screaming in when she died, but like now it's talking, but her vocal cords are all wrecked. She's got desert sand in her fucking throat and shit. It's amazing. So this is all flashback. This is him remembering basically what it was like to to, go through all of this. Right. So he wakes up the morning after the flashback and he's drunk half a quart of scotch he's carl hartley'd it he hartley'd it he wakes up <laughs> his his jacket's flammable from the booze coming out of his pores <laughs> when your wife to be says you sm- are you sm- come on are you, are you sweating vodka right now you stink can i tell you a gross story from the other yes. night all right so recently i made uh chicken curry Ooh. So we Bird and I were laying in bed like uh, a week ago ish, and I was laying there and it's hot, so I've got like my head, my arms above my head, and I'm sleep and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm smelling. I'm like, did I leave something on downstairs? And I turned and I, oh, no. I smelled my pit, and it wasn't 
it wasn't like stinky bo curry. It just smelled exactly just like, like you put curry. spices under your yeah. arms. It was like it was like you had it was like you had curry on a plate and you were smelling a plate of curry. Oh. That's how much my armpits smelled like curry. <laughs> I was like, I think I might be ill. I might be sick. <laughs> like this is probably not right. And Bird goes, "You are not drinking enough water." If Do you know you, what? Do I you, smell like exactly like a plate of curry. So, so a little more inside baseball. Yeah, it's bad enough that it's you know eighteen ounces of vodka, but I'm not talking like Grey Goose. Oh, or no. fucking like <laughs> is it five o'clock no it was, it was it's like a step above that's like new amsterdam but like new amsterdam's okay it's decent but that's the one that you should be mixing with like orange juice or something yeah for like one screwdriver this isn't this isn't a kettle one baby this isn't a great goose this isn't icelandic you can't this drink isn't, 18 ounces this of isn't good, chopin though. no you can't we, we've talked about this before uh actually i won't i won't say his name but i was once talking to a severe alcoholic but he was one of those one of those alcoholics you'd never know as an alcoholic very functional hey hi <laughs> how are you yeah carl remember they were talking the other day yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> but i was talking to him and i was like i was like i really i love my scotch and i love my my great bird my woodford reserve you know but oh, yeah i just feel so guilty getting drunk on and he goes no 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 dude you don't you don't get drunk on your woodford reserve he goes you, you have your old-fashioned to start and then after you've had one or two of your bourbon or scotch pop a bottle of wine that'll see you through the rest of the night right and he's like or alternately some people switch to beer he's like me personally i'm not a big fan of drinking like 20 beers i'd rather drink a couple of you know a couple of good scotches and pop a bottle of wine and if i want to really go for it pop a couple bottles of wine. wow yeah now well, bird knows who i'm talking about sounds about but, right uh, but yeah man like that so back back when i was still partying and now i'm now i'm just more way more chill i don't really yeah. go out and drink hard anymore but it'd be like start with an old-fashioned then pop a cab pop yep. a ten dollar bottle of cab and that'll see you through the evening and you didn't drink your entire bottle of Dude, Knob Creek. I've right. definitely drunk a hundred dollars worth of scotch in a night. Oh, before, I've done it. And you're like, then you wake up the next day. And not a- only do you feel horribly sick, you feel like I can't believe I just wasted a hundred dollars worth of scotch. You mad at yourself when I? How much Lagavulin did There's I have? There's no last way night? you enjoyed no, that third drink no. as much as the first one. Now Dude, you, you're, you you fry your taste buds after the second drink anyway. Definitely. Everything tastes like whatever. Right, you can drink. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. You could drink turpentine. <laughs> Welcome and be back like, to Scotch Talk. Fucking- <laughs> Welcome back to Scotch Talk. I'm measuring things. As we give people advice, like, look, if you're a severe like, alcoholic, don't be pouring your money down the drain. I mean, seriously. <laughs> smoking, you have <laughs> smoking loon. They make a nice cheap cab. <laughs> you get you yourself. A, you get yourself a nice. <laughs> you get yourself a nice bottle of barefoot Shiraz. <laughs> oh God, you're a monster person. All right. I called it Shiraz. Shiraz. Okay, so Robert Morgan, where were we? <laughs> <laughs> I have a note. Robert Morgan is as much as much a zombie as any of them. He is. So he's out doing his hammer and stakes into people morning, and he sees a. He wakes up in the morning and sees a dog. Dog. Yeah. The dog runs away from him. He's like, I will scour the city to find this dog. So he's like trying to find the dog, and he finds dead vampires with. Stakes through them, mm-hmm. but not, not his. his stakes. I wrote down all caps. Others alive. I mean, obviously, I know others well, are alive, yes. but like his response. I love his response to finding out that there might be other people alive. He isn't like, oh my god, I have to I find, find them. them. No, he's immediately suspicious. Yes, he's like, all right, all right, wait, 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 wait. Why have I never seen them? Why won't they answer my radio calls? Something's wrong. They must be aware this. of me. He gets 
I love it. Three years alone breeds not like desperation for human contact, but paranoia. Absolutely. It's such a cool little I dig turn. It. Uh, the dog? God damn dog dying sucks I know. so much. I know. Even, though, even with the cheesy ass like steak <laughs> through the bag. <laughs> he puts the dog in a canvas bag and then stakes it through the bag. Yeah. I, I've always thought that was goofy until this watching and I realized the reason he puts the bag over the dog he before doesn't, he stakes he, he doesn't can't wanna, do it. He can't look at it. No, fuck no. He, can't, he can stake humans all day, but a dog he can't, can't stake do the it. Dog because he thought it was going to be his friend. Yep. Fuck, so that's he's, so hard. He's got to hide it first. But as a kid, you watch it and you're like, there's a that's stake stupid. in the bag. That's so dumb. And then you're older. But no, and you're Robert like, Morgan couldn't. Couldn't look it in the eye and stake nope. it. It's so sad, man. It's such a bummer. But if you're watching it with friends and you're all drunk, you're like, ah, steak in a bag. Bag of steak. <laughs> He's eating a bag of steaks? Uh, and then, he meets, so he goes out the next day, just bummed. Just He's real, super bummed, just man. Just real bummed. He's just like. He killed a dog. He's like, man, that dog was all fluffy. His little speech to the dog is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. He goes, you're going to be all right now. You poor driven thing. I love that line. By driven the way. Like, thing. Poor driven thing. And the next day. He is out walking around and he sees a woman out in the park. The fuck? His uh, his head is just like rolling in his uh. He's like, <laughs> dude, it's like Bugs Bunny, <laughs> Awuga eyes. He's like, yeah, Tex Avery yeah. eyes for sure. He's like, what in the shit am I looking at? Sprints across the field. Grabs her and then let me let me just this is not the actual dialogue. Let me give you some a flavor of what he says to her. You crazy bitch, you better come with me or those things are going to rip you limb from limb. Slap, slap, slap. He is so aggressive. Yes. My note is like, listen, Robert, you catch more flies with honey, bro. (laughs) When he catches up to her. (laughs) You crazy cunt, what the fuck are you doing? It's it's almost like that. It's like, you, dude, this is the first human you've seen in three years. Maybe like. Don't shake her to pit. Hey, hey there. Hey there, lady. Uh, My name is Robert Morgan. I'm so happy to see you. <laughs> Don't punch her in the face. Where have you been hiding? He runs over and he's just like, if you give me any guff, goddamn!" <laughs> it's nuts how mean he is to her. <laughs> if you give me any guff, I'll bloody your nose. It's crazy, dude. And she actually has a line about it later. She's like, he, <laughs> <laughs> you remember when we met? You were a little aggressive. So they've got a, they've, he has like a nice dinner with her, and she's not eating because we find out later that she is infected. But she's she's one of the people who's been giving herself this modified vaccine to suppress the symptoms. Yes. So she, he's sitting at the table, and she's sitting there like. So what have you been doing with your time? Let's have a cordial human conversation. He goes and grabs a huge ring of garlic and just mashes it in her <laughs> face. And she's like trying to escape from it. And she's like scrabbling at <laughs> it. If she wasn't a vampire, I'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with If you? I came to dinner at your house and you just jammed, <laughs> jammed a ring of garlic, garlic, it would be, oh, oh, good evening, it Max. would ruin the evening. Yeah, just no matter what, I'd be like, well, I'll see you on Tuesday for the show, Carl. And I'd storm <laughs> out. But like she, she falls on the couch and he's like, I knew it. You are one of the infected, you bitch. You b-. And he doesn't really say no. that. But again, he's like really mean to her. And she goes, um, excuse me, mister. He's not wrong. No, he is not. However, wrong. she makes a valid point as well. She goes, you, ex- you're, okay, hold on, sir. <laughs> Time out. When we first meet, you scream at me. You chase me across a field. You grab me and won't let me go. You threaten me. You drag me to your house. And now you're going to kill me because you think I'm a vampire because you jammed a reeking string of garlic in my face. 
Robert Morgan. Mr. Morgan. And when she lays it out, you're like, yeah, he yeah. was a dick. Yeah, kind of an asshole. He, utter asshole. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense for the movie, but it never ceases to give me a chuckle. I'm just like, he's <laughs> yeah, so mean to her. <laughs> Don't be such a meanie, Morgan. Why he, dude, even if she is infected, be like, how can, so... I'm sorry if this is a rude question, madam, but, but perhaps. how, if you could enlighten me, how can you be infected but also be cogent and having this fine conversation with me? Instead, he's like, I've got to stake you through right. your eyes. Right. Stakes in both your eyes. And you're like, uh. The, well, all the scientists <laughs> in him went away when he buried his wife, so. Kind of, yeah, though. I can see that. But yeah, his, I like their exchange. And the one thing I, I, I like that by the end of the movie, because what happens is she tries to go and get her drug in her. He comes in and is like, "What are you doing?" She explains. She's like, "Look, it, it's it's like suppressant. It's like my insulin. It's the blade. It's the blade drug that keeps." Yeah, 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 yeah. So she's like, "I need to get this in me, or I'm gonna turn fully into one of those shambling things." He doesn't let her. She passes out, and this is, is when, when he, gives, he, give, the he gives her a blood transfusion of his blood. Because he knows that he carries the antibodies and all that shit. Right. I feel. I just feel like that is. So let's talk about Kind of about a violation this. in a way. I don't know. Let's talk about this because I had a very interesting conversation. He could have staked her, I guess. Well, and he chose to do the other thing instead. What I'm saying is this. In tw- okay, in 2019, where we live now, yes, if in 2019 where no one was sick, if you gave someone a blood transfusion without their permission or consent while they're asleep, that's extremely troubling. Yes. Last man Pause. on earth... Apocalypse. Everyone yeah. on the planet is dead, and all the survivors are infected with a virus that will kill them. His You're trans- the only person that has antibody. Yeah. And the next thing that happens is her. These are extreme circumstances. This is you're on a battlefield, and your leg is mostly blown off by a landmine. No, fair enough. And you're bleeding out. And the doctor goes, "We're taking your leg. We're cauterizing it." And you're like, "No, no, don't do it." And they saw your leg off anyway. Do yeah. you? Do you sue that guy for assault, or did he just save your life? Right. That's where I come yeah, no, from. Fair enough. This. Yeah, this is more, this is, this is battle zone. This is battlefield medicine yeah. that he's doing. He's like, oh, because you can Cause, see Yeah, because she passed out from not having her medication. So for all, he's, she's coming back as a vampire. He could have injected her with her medication and suppressed it. Yeah, but, that's true too. But he's, but look, man, he takes a leap. He takes a leap, and yes, the ethics are slightly questionable, but the result is he cures her. Mm-hmm. She's cured. He looks at her blood under the microscope, and the disease it's is gone. gone. Mirrors don't bother her. Garlic doesn't bother her. She's a human again. Yeah. I give him a 100% pass for reintroducing a human being. Because he could have staked her. Yeah, and actually... would have been the other option, I too. L- so. I like the little blood transfusion bit where she's healed, because if we don't get it, with the end of the movie, the movie ends with no hope. With no hope. Because what, she's like... Listen, this is where the title comes from. She goes, listen, you got to run because people, the rest of the people like me, who like I used to be, now I'm a human, but these other people who are infected are coming to kill you. And he's like, what? Why? You're a threat. He's like, I can, I can heal them all. We just discovered that my blood, I can transfuse like 10 people a day, then they can transfuse people and we can fix humans. Yeah, we've got it. We've got this. Sus. We got it nailed. We got this thing sewn up, baby. Yep. And she's like, you've been killing humans for like two years. You're a legend amongst them. And he's like, I didn't know. I love his response, too, because he's he's incredulous. He's like, what do you mean? They're going to come and kill me. I can save them. And then she reveals, like, no. you've been staking these people. And he, his face just falls. He's like, I had no idea. 
He's horrified. He's See, like, that to me is so the, the worst horror of this whole thing that he's been killing humans half the time. More, more or less. More humans. or less. Yeah. Like yeah. in fact, but they're, they're conscious. They're, they're yeah. not these undead beasts. Whereas like when, when his buddy Ben gets killed, you, it's almost a mercy. Yeah. But these people have lives and some mm-hmm. of them have children. Mm-hmm. Like we, their relatives are the ones who are coming to kill him. And exactly. you're like, Robert Morgan's just like aghast. It's such a, and stuff starts clipping. However, for some reason, the bits of him running away from the vampires, boring, boring right? Yeah, super fucking boring. <laughs> the last bit in the church is great. I get so sleepy at the end of this movie. There's something about him like just running through fields and running through empty streets and then people following him through fields and following him through empty. It's like the end of um, um, Black Caesar. Oh, yes. The entire chase thing is just like from the time he gets shot to like the bit where he beats the dude to death with the shoeshine box is like thir- it's like 20 minutes of the most boring yes. chase scene you've ever seen. So I, I love that he is the boogeyman. And then I, my my next note, my next to last note is in the face of the horrors Robert Morgan has wrought. I think that's part of it too because he finds out that he's a, a legendary monster to them and yeah. yet he's been killing humans right before he gives her the transfusion. I think that when she passes out, he has a dark night of the soul where he goes, I've, I'm a mass murderer. I'm a serial killer. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that people are coming to kill me. Part, part of me wonders that if this is, if he realizes this is very likely going to be his last action alive. And his last Ooh. and his last act as a living person is to save the planet. Because when she's like, "You need to run," he goes, "Let's wait till let's tomorrow. wait till yeah, yeah." They could leave. She's telling him with no doubt that people are coming to assassinate him tonight, and that he has no chance of survival unless he runs. And he goes, "Let's wait till tomorrow." And what did we see him doing earlier? Standing in front of an open window so he could die like this his family. Is, oh my god! So his last act is to pass his blood onto her so she can save humanity but he's tired he's done he's done he's been done since well since his daughter his daughter died yeah he's that's when he's standing in front of the windows after his daughter goes he's like no i'm good fuck and yet uh, another day uh another what is it what's the line i want to get another day to survive another day to survive better get another day to live through that's another day to live through Jesus. it's not to live through not survive just to no live through. not even another day it's just like here's 24 more hours where i gotta keep breathing fuck yeah so his la- i love that that his final act is to cure that woman and in so doing to cure the disease it's so amazing however when she leaves the house to go and tell the approaching vampire people she does get bitten by Ben Tramer. By Ben Tramer. By Ben. <laughs> by Ben, yes. So I wanted I wanted to ask you, is she reinfected no. now? No. No, because she has the immunity to it. It's gotcha. just like for him with the vampire bat thing. Gotcha. Okay. Right. So, so she can she take some the, low yeah. level bites and I think stuff. so. I All think right. so. Um so yeah, there's a boring chase scene that happens. They end up at his like wife's tomb. Thing. It's like, and then in the church proper, right? Because he's up by the altar, I think. Yeah, he's he's up, uh, up at the front of a church, and he gets surrounded. And rather than shoot him, I thought that this was, I, I thought this was cool because we see that they have Tommy guns. That's yeah. how they kill Ben. Ben, which, I don't know. Can you kill him with guns? Whatever. Um, so they machine gun Ben. They probably left a team there to stake deal him with it. Yeah. Rather than shoot him with their guns, <laughs> one of them throws a stake and hits him in the guts. Yep. He gets gutted by a stake. And I was, it's just so poetic. It is. And it feels very intentional on the part of the vampires where they're like, 
You've like, been putting wood in us for we two can, years. We can shoot. You've been you've been hammering stakes into us, so that's how you're going exactly. to die. And they, oh man, the effect. So he gets that stake in the guts. It's, the, it's the, like a javelin. Theirs are long. Yeah, theirs are like three <clears throat> feet long and made of iron. They're like a kind of yeah javelin, totally. Yeah. And they, it hits him in the guts, and he's kind of holding it. You know, I don't know what kind of rig they have, but it's but it's beautiful. Yeah. Because when she, the girl highly effective, it's amazing. Because when the girl runs up, and she's like. No, you leave him alone. They go hold it, hold it, and they stop. No one throws a second one, and he calls he calls them freaks and monsters and stuff. And he's just you know he's dying, and when he falls on his back, that stake like wiggle, wiggle. It like kind of like wiggles and rolls, but it doesn't fall flat. It doesn't look like somebody's holding it or it's in a thing. It's it doesn't look like a harness. It looks no. like Vincent Price has got a spear in his, his guts. guts. Yeah. And when it wiggles, I just thought, I know I don't want to gross you out too much. It'll be brief. But like when it wiggles, I was thinking like the tip of that is stirring his insides mm-hmm. right now. It's so wretched looking, man. It's a great effect. Whatever they did is a phenomenal effect. It looks really good. The movie we'll talk about next week actually has some really good makeup effects in it too. But he, as he's dying, Robert Morgan basically goes, they were afraid of me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's his last words. And he dies. And the girl gets up and she, the group of vampire people all stay surrounding him, all facing him, Mm -hmm. all clustered around him. And she walks out of them down the aisle and away. And then we get our super, the end credits. But I like that in the end, because she's human now, there's hope, there's hope, but also they choose to seclude her visually from the group of the rest and she becomes the outcast yeah she's the monster now because she when you're a human in a world of monsters you are the monster it's a beautiful ending to this movie. <laughs> i love it so that's it for last man on earth do you have anything else i don't man this is just i love this movie every time i watch it I it's, do too. it's yeah. a great flick it's a great napping movie too <laughs> you know it is it, all all of the movie all of these classics we're talking about i think part of the reason that i that i go with you on the napping thing is i've seen them so many yeah. times they're a pleasure to put on i just put them on when i want something on the yeah. television i will gladly sit and watch wrapped watch these movies all the way through yep. or i will throw them on and have them on in the background yep. and either way is a perfectly valid way I to completely uh, to agree any movie that you've seen more than like 10 times you can do that with yes. i'll throw evil dead on in on halloween morning and just walk through the house one of my favorite sick movies is lord of the rings fellowship yeah fellowship of the ring yeah if i'm I, feeling sick i put that on and I, i'm like Chicken noodle soup, some hot tea, orange juice, and a blanket, and Fellowship of the Rings. <laughs> um, Fellowship of the Rings. Mine is. Uh, so, I, I watch yeah. a TV show. I watch House. Anytime I'm. You do a, yeah. <laughs> anytime I'm. Anytime I'm feeling sick or horrible, I watch House. Not this morning. This morning I was feeling sick and horrible. I just have some sort of stomach thing. You know what it is? Not not that people need to know why I felt sick this morning, but it's, I ate a huge ass plate of nachos at about 10 p.m. and then I went to bed. I put. <laughs> I put frozen M and M's in. <laughs> Is it soup? Did you put no, them in soup? No. Though? So, so Danielle a couple of days ago made strawberry shortcake and she had Cool Whip. Yeah. And so we had Cool Whip to put. So there was about a quarter of the Cool Whip left. Yeah. And so I put like half a bag of M and M's in the Cool Whip. And I stirred it up like a poor man's ice cream. You got even. I have an even grosser one for you. Brandon, I needed. <laughs> That's another reason why I kind of feel like garbage we, one. I'm lactose intolerant. Yeah, we've run into this before. When you we keep have. drinking all the milky drinks I'm yep, making here, yep. and you're like, mm, "These are delicious." <laughs> <laughs> uh, last night, Bird and I wanted something. Sweet. Restaining your 
Pretty much. Furniture. Yeah, the, the one chair is tainted forever. Yeah. But Carl's Bird chair. needed something. She wanted something sweet, but uh, I was in no shape to go to the to the supermarket because of, you know. Yeah. The aliens, man. You were in the those aliens were coming for me. You're hashtag hashtagged. I was hashtagged. So Bird uh Bird grabbed oats, half and half. And sugar, mm. and put them together in a bowl. Not even cooked, just oh, just like a overnight ra- oatmeal, but just, raw as shit. Just raw as shit. And I saw it, and I was like, "Is that is that oats and milk?" And she goes, "Yeah, and a little sugar." Went in here, got my oats, my half and half, and some honey, and I just ate that also right before I went to bed. Oh, that would grind your guts pretty good. Uh, yeah, a lot of fiber moving yeah, around. In yeah, here. <laughs> it's scraping the sides, man. Welcome to Fiber Talk. Welcome to Fiber Talk. <laughs> How's your poop? This is old man cast. So, uh, Carl, do you prefer Metamucil or the off-brand? Discuss. I like Metamucil, but the uh, off, the off flavor you get. Yeah, you save a little bit of you save a little bit of money, and with the off flavor, you need to drink more water, and we should all hydrate anyway. So, so you know, you win-win. It's win-win. <laughs> so, uh, this show and our digestive systems are listeners brought to you by you. The listener. Uh, head on over to patreon.com slash quillandfilm, Q-U-I-L-L-A-N-D-F-I-L-M. There's also a link to it in the description of this episode and all of our episodes, actually. I should probably tell people about that because otherwise I'm doing it for no right. reason. <laughs> you can get shout outs on the show like you're about to hear, and you can also get full length bonus episodes. We are currently working through a series we're calling When Harry Met Michael, where we alternately watch a Harry Potter film and a Halloween film. And oh my God, are we having fun? Having with a blast, man. <laughs> so we'd like like to thank our patrons i would like to thank william rockwood thank you so much william moving up the list i'd like to thank brian jackson thank you brother uh also david Rowney. and moving up the list kelly and mike wagner miss you guys thank you for supporting the show i would like to thank especially thank katie clark because i finally met katie you met her you put a face to the name i have a face to the name i met katie the other night it was amazing she read a character in a thing that i wrote and did a phenomenal job i had a blast hanging out with her it was so much fun so thank you katie clark and one person we need to get back on the show again and i need to see again soon i'm actually seeing her tonight and she opens in much ado about nothing with the riverside shakespeare Danielle Pelshaw, love you, baby. It has Break been, a leg tonight, girl. Yeah, you guys are uh, you're both busy, but Danielle is swamped busy. Yeah, so I have nuts. It's been a and while. And Shakespeare is a big bite, man. So. It is. It is. We'll all get together and uh, and do some sort of cookouty thing Perfect. soon because we're missing her. Um, we'd also like to thank Connor Sweeney, who was also at my house recently and who I randomly saw. Okay, I was walking down the street yesterday. Did you get Sweeney? I, yeah, I got Sweeney'd out of nowhere. I fucking nowhere. love getting Sweeney'd, man. So I was just, Did he have his headphones on? He didn't. Ah. He was in the state theater in the ticket booth. Does he work there? Yeah, he works he there part-time. Work He's like assistant manager. Gotcha. So I had to drop my car off at the mechanic, and I was picking up my sister-in-law to, so she could drive me back once I dropped the car off. I'm walking down the street, and I was thinking, because we had done the reading the night before, and I looked like I was wearing exactly these clothes. I looked like shit. Walking down the sidewalk, I'm like, man. I didn't. I'm, I'm downtown. I'm never downtown. I hope I don't see anyone that I saw last night because I, I look really I look rough. Like garbage. Knock on the window. At, at that moment, I turned to my left and it's Connor Sweeney waving at me in the glass. So I gave him. I had my. I also had to get to Aaron because she was about to be right, off yeah. work. So I like shot him finger guns and like sped up my walking. <laughs> I was like, I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't think I'm a like a it's dick. Like, wow, Max is kind of a dick. Hey man, I was just at his house last night. <laughs> I, I wanted to stop and say hi and I was like dude I was just thinking about you but I, Aaron was off work so I'm like I'm, so I just pew pewed him and kept going <laughs> and left him in the dust I felt so That's bad so hilarious. thank you Connor for supporting the show we would also like to thank John Kate. Scheibe oh. 
and Casey Scheibe. <laughs> Listen to the damn podcast. Some of us. S-U-M of us. It's actually really good. They should have a new episode out today because it's Thursday. Marvelous. So I'll listen be... to it while I take a nap. Do... <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> well, that's, that came out a lot worse than what I... Other fun activities <laughs> that you can listen to their podcast during is... Uh, Pooping. You can... <laughs> Or I, I like to listen when I do the dishes. Oh, what you could do is you could turn it on and turn the volume all the way off. You know what? <laughs> just get them, just get them some plays. Make, make sure you turn it on and hit mute immediately. <laughs> no, some of us is really, really fun. You got to catch up, man, because I want to talk about it. Sounds great underwater. Anyway, <laughs> God, John Casey, this isn't me. This is Carl, and it's not Carl. It's the it's the booze it's the talking. Pint of vodka. Trust me, it's the booze talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna let you get to the ER, and I've got Thank some you. stuff to do. My so fingers are tangling. I we, need to get out of here. <laughs> so we love you all. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, tune in next week. We're going to hit. We're gonna wrap it up. We're gonna wrap up our our month of classic classic horror movies with a, a Lon Chaney Jr. vehicle. Uh, if you haven't seen it, um, we'll give you a little time to watch it because when we talk about it, we're gonna talk about it. Hell yeah. The indestructible. It's actually just called Indestructible Man.